we sent out Scott and Stephanie with their children, four kids, yeah, to South Carolina. I'll never forget as they pulled away in the moving van, and Stephanie had this, like, I can't believe this is actually happening look. <laughs> it was like, they, they put all their stuff in a moving van and drove to South Carolina to move into a house they'd never even seen. It was uh, quite the step of faith. And um, shortly after, a few months after, uh, the Borsmas uh, went down as well to assist. And now they have a church uh, uh, in uh, uh, Somerville, in Niceville, South Carolina. And so, church, we have reproduced. Hallelujah! We had a baby. And uh, it's such a huge honor and privilege to be involved. And if, if you're a parent, you know what I mean, that when you have a baby in the natural, you know, there's a particular part that you play in the process. <laughs> but you know that this is a miracle. Uh, I'll never forget when Tori was born, and I knew my life was changed, and I'd never be the same. And it's, it's a powerful experience to to have that in the natural, but it's it's also in the, in the supernatural in the church when we reproduce. And this is who we are. This is why uh, we are a church. We, we are here to see more people come into the kingdom to equip people so that they can do uh, whatever God calls them to do. And, and like the word that came uh, forward earlier about being missionaries, being sent out. Listen, your life is a mission. Your life. Not just the person next to you. Not the, just the person that goes to another place. Your life is a mission. You're sent by God to reproduce the life of Christ in those around you. Amen? All right, that's my mini-sermon. So, <laughs> uh, it's now my honor and privilege to introduce to you Stephanie Jones. Give her a hand. I love you. Uh, take, take your liberty. All right? Hi, everyone. Yeah. <clears throat> what? You want to say something? I forgot, I was supposed to say, you will have the opportunity in the offering to designate money as a love offering to uh, the Joneses. Because do we love? Do we love the Joneses? Yeah. So you'll have the opportunity after the uh, message uh, during the offering to do that. Amen. It's really good to be home, you know. You know what it's like when you come home from a university and you go back to your parents' house and you kick off your shoes and you eat all the food out of the cupboards and you just slop around in your pajamas. That's pretty much what the women's retreat was for me. <laughs> I just felt like I'd come home, you know, and it's very emotional to come back, you know, a year later and see so many new faces and to bring some of my grapes from the promised land <laughs> like Joshua did. And um, I guess I just want to tell you some stories today. Cameron talked about that day when we left, you know. Who was there? There was the Gerbers and <clears throat> these guys and Kathy and Cameron and their kids were there. And it was intense, you know. Because two years before that, I'd been praying one day and I was caught up in a vision. And I found myself, you know, in the spirit flying over the United States to see this 30-foot knight standing off the coast. And I heard a voice say, Knightsville, a name I'd never heard before. 
And we found out afterwards that there was two places in the USA called Knightsville. Who knew? And one of them was in South Carolina, right about 40 miles off the coast, just as it had been in the vision. And you know, when God speaks a word for you, you just have a choice. And it's never easy. And leaving here was the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. I've lived in four different countries and I've been a mover, but it was never as hard as it was to live here, you know. We had our babies with you guys and we were knitting and I felt for the first time like I had a real family, like I had sisters and I had, you know, this was big for me. And leaving that day, you know, I was crying, pull off and, you know, here's Adam and Mark in the moving van and the Gerbers in their car. And it it felt nice because we had a little entourage, but you knew in your mind four days later they're gone. (laughs) And we were driving off and I just thought, oh my gosh, wow. You know, and we're driving out of Amber and Mark's neighborhood, and I just got tears, you know, rolling into the crevices of my neck. And I'm thinking, keep it together for the kids. I'm like, are you okay, kids? <laughs> this is a happy day, remember? <laughs> and, <laughs> wow. And um, <clears throat> so we drove, and we drove. And we drove into South Carolina the next day. And as we're driving into South Carolina, we get about 30 minutes in. And suddenly, this car, this vehicle, this van actually comes alongside us, right? But you know it kind of attracts your attention because somebody's come up right alongside you, like window to window, you know? And we look, and this guy's head comes out of the window with one of those really nasty, evil-looking Jason masks from the Friday the 13th movies. You know what I'm talking about? And he brings out of the vehicle a road sign, a stop sign, and starts... Brandishing it as I am telling you, there was a spirit of intimidation on that thing. In the natural, some teenage kid is just thinking he's having a laugh. That was a demonic assignment, you know. Like, you've come into South Carolina, you stop. And it was so intense. Scott said that we looked and we saw it. And he said he physically felt a hand pushing him backwards. And we were like, so we did whatever we do in a situation like this. We ring Cameron right away. (laughs) And, you know, Cameron has been an an amazing support to us. And, you know, when we ring him with, we need advice, something traumatic has happened, we tell him. And, you know, what you hear is just, oh, 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 guys, this is great. Well, you asked for it. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks. We feel loved and supported. <laughs> oh, 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 that's a devil. That's the demons. Oh, oh, oh. Thanks. I'm going to bring Sarah Gerber because uh, <laughs> she'll say something really encouraging. No, he prayed with us and it was intense. And I want to tell you, when you get on the road of your destiny, if you don't get intimidated and the devil doesn't try to stop you, you're on the wrong road. I'm telling you, we need to expect. And actually, once we recovered from the initial trauma and Cameron had laughed enough at us that we felt, you know, God's laughing too. That's the father is laughing through Cameron. You know? And we started laughing. We started laughing. I looked at Scott and I said, shoot, the devil's that upset? We've just driven over the state line? Come on! Someone knows we're coming! So, and you turn it around, you look at the circumstances, and you go, and stop, is that all you've got? Go! You know? 
So about two weeks before we left town, we'd had a prayer meeting at our house, and Kathy Wright was there. The marvelous Kathy Wright, whom I miss greatly. And um, she'd given us this word, and she said, you know, I just see that the father has in his hand this this embryo, this fetus that's the church that you guys are going to see birth down there. And he's holding it lovingly in his hands. And it really touched my heart when she gave that word because some people know I like birthing analogies. Right, Graham? Got lots of them. We keep them coming. And so... <clears throat> We, you know, that was in my heart. So we're, we drive into Somerville, which is the city where Knightsville is, the populated area, which is Knightsville. And we're driving in the next day. We see the sign that says Somerville. We're just kind of coming in. And Scott suddenly says to me, oh, my gosh. I'm like, what? He's like, look at that cloud. And I am, I am a, an admitted laugher at those who who see shapes in clouds. I, I, I mock those people. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I looked at this cloud, and he didn't even need to tell me what it was. It was a perfect hand in the sky that had a little baby in the hand. And it even had an umbilical cord coming off it, you know? And we were like, Scott's like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, it's Kathy's word in the clouds. <laughs> And, and again, it was just like, you know what? God, the enemy tries to give you a sign. God just has something better. Just keep going down the road, you know? Just keep going. The, the baby, the embryo is in the clouds. And, oh, it's dispersing. The baby's dispersing now. <laughs> but it just encourages. And, you know, it does sound ridiculous to see a shape in the clouds. But when you are that desperate for your God, you will eat anything, <laughs> you know? You know, you talk about being weak so that God can be strong. But when you go to plant a church with a church planting team of four children, five and under, you just go, oh, this is, yeah, it's a team right there. And we just, we arrived, you know, and it was great to have these guys here. And I'm thinking, maybe God will tell them all to stay. Like, you know, like, they'll just kind of turn into pillars of salt that we can kind of move into the church with us. People in the rows, you know. But they left, and uh, they all left at like four in the morning. So we got up, you know, and our friends have gone. And now we're all alone in a place where we don't know anybody but one girl that we knew who lived about 35 minutes away. And uh, and then the, the fun starts, doesn't it? Because you get up that first day and you say, okay, my heart is saying, what the heck have I got into? If I call Cameron, he'll just laugh. <laughs> so what are you going to do? You know, God's given us a vision of a church, but there's no way to get from A to B right now in my own strength. But I am telling you, I have just learned that the beautiful privilege that it is to be so weak to, and it's something I would resist with all of my heart. You know, we wanted to go with a big team and boom, you know. And God said, no, you don't. Ding, you know, watch what I can do. And so God said to us, hey, why don't you just go everywhere with your kids? Just take your kids out all over the place. That's the church planting strategy. Great, you know. Are you willing to be a babe? Because the things of the kingdom, Jesus said, are not revealed to the sophisticated and to the cunning, but to the simple-minded. 
And we just took that one little thing, one tiny little instruction. And we said, this is all we've got. We're going to go to the park with our kids. Books will be written about this one. It's brilliant. So we started going to the park with our kids and to the beach and to the restaurant. And we went to the bookstore. The second week we were living there, we went into the bookstore and we met this couple who had two little kids and we got talking and everywhere we went, I shared that vision. Somebody, I actually used to trick people into asking us why we'd come. I'd be like, why did you move here? Why do you live here? Where do you work? Just trying to get them to, you know, came up with a whole repertoire. And uh, people would ask us and we'd share, the, I'd say, you want to hear a weird story? I'd just share the story. I'm telling you, nine and a half times out of ten. And that's not a, a fully developed statistic. Not that it's even a statistic, but you know. So anyway, people would just go, oh my gosh, I've got chills. I just, there's something about this, you know. And this couple we met in the bookstore were pastors at another church at town. And I'm telling you, anything we got a hold of, we just, we just called it a talent. And we, we multiplied it. We said, you guys want to come out for dinner? And then you can see they're like, we've just met you in a bookstore. By next week, they were at our house for dinner. They were the only people we knew. And we discovered, I guess, during our time with them that they are um, on the extreme, opposite extreme of, you know, our connection with Toronto and the stream that we're in with Partners in Harvest. They're like, they think that's of the devil. But the guy and his wife leave our house and this pastor stands in our driveway outside, his wife tells us afterwards, and, and breaks into tears and says, these people have been sent for us. I've never met anyone like them before. And, and she said, I don't care if they're heretics. I just want what they have, honey. <laughs> a couple of weeks later, she turned up at my house with a friend who was going through a crisis and asked me to prophesy over a friend. I said, but you think I'm a heretic? She said, I don't care. So, <laughs> so I prophesied over her friend. And while I was prophesying over her friend, the pastor's wife got spontaneously baptized in the Holy Spirit. Start speaking in tongues! <laughs> You're going, okay, so that talent multiplied. Give me another one, Lord. So I'm at the beach. And I meet this woman, and we start talking. I say, she says, oh, I have a business in Somerville, which is like an hour away because we're at the beach. I say, you know a hairdresser? I need a hairdresser. Yeah, I do. And her name's Sophia. Stand up, Sophia. <laughs> she says, I think you should go to Sophia. So Scott and I said, that must be a divine appointment. Let's go to Sophia. It means wisdom. It's got to be good, you know. I mean, when you, when you are desperate, oh my God, anything, any, like hungry people, you know, just, it's so good to get stripped down to nothing. It's so good. And I told God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll move to Alaska. I'll go to the Eskimos. It's just been so invigorating. But I'm done where I'm staying in South Carolina. So I walk into the, get my hair cut. And Sophia's washing my hair at the sink. We could do a reenactment with you. <laughs> she says, so what brought you here? Hello. What brought you here, Miss Stephanie? You want to hear something really weird? <laughs> so I tell her the story, and she says... What do you say when I tell you the story? She tells me the story, and I looked at her and Scott, and I said, I really think that God sent you here. I think that he sent you here for me to help you start this church. Isn't that just what you want? Okay, you can go sit down, so... Sophia started ringing me saying, can I do anything? Can I watch the kids? 
Can I clean your house? Anything. I'll just do anything. I'm meant to help you. How powerful is our God? In the day of God's power, his people will be volunteers. And we started to see people come around us. We'd go somewhere. We'd meet someone. We went to the Greek restaurant. We met this family. And they clearly weren't believers, but there was something there. There was some connection. Of course, we invited them over for dinner. They came over, and these people on the far extreme of not being Christians, you know, they, they were, like, shocked when they found out that we were pastors. And, you know, they turn up with their two six-packs and their really colorful language, and you're going, oh, shut up, and I saw Jesus protect the children's ears. Cut us on, and I oh, shut us on, and I walk, walk, walk. Children, not much, Barney. Turn it up really loud. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we got these people over for dinner and we start developing a relationship with them. And, and, and one, one night they're at our house for dinner and after a couple of beers, the guy just breaks down crying. He says, I've never met Christian people like you before. He's like, I, I just, and his wife just start crying. We just feel like we can tell you like all the bad stuff that's been going on and that we've done. So they start telling us all the bad stuff. I'm like, oh Jesus, shut up at us. I'm having kids. <laughs> Lord Jesus. So, and uh, anyway, they want to come along to church. We just hooked up with them again. And, you know, she came to our ladies' tea party last Thursday, and all the ladies prayed for her. And she's like, you know. But what it is to be weak and to just to need to see him come through. Um, so we start doing some monthly meetings, right? The first... Um, the first uh, meeting that we did as a monthly meeting was in October of last year. And Tina and Blaine came. Give everyone a wave. We'd met Tina and Blaine. Here's something interesting about timing. Can someone give me a water? Um, <clears throat> I did have a water, but it went. I think Cameron stole it. See? See what I have to go through? Thank you. <laughs> Cameron had actually asked Scott and I to consider staying through November, because you guys were going for J- to Japan, do you remember? And we, we really wanted to. The main reason we wanted to is because we'd already decided that the reason we were here in this church was to basically do what Cameron wanted. I loved that. I liked that better. I've, I've <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually easier to serve someone else's vision than it is to do your own. And sometimes when, you know, I've discovered this thing, you know, when you're like, sometimes if you're following somebody on the road, and you're thinking, like, why aren't they going faster, or why aren't they overtaking, or why aren't they doing this? But then you, like, pull around them, and you discover there's a snowstorm, or there's all this bad stuff that you didn't even see, because you were behind, you know, you are behind them. And uh, it's easier to serve someone else. It just is. And I, I, I don't know anyone in the world. I mean that. I'm not just saying this to be all nice and everything. But I just don't know anyone I would have rather served than you. You're amazing. You are. And I just love Cameron's heart. And I feel like our church, and isn't this kind of like our church? We're kind of like a mini-me all over there. (laughs) So Cameron had asked us to stay, and we wanted to because, you know, it's like he wants us to stay. and and, uh, But, you know, he was real, like, hey, you decide. You need to go when you need to go. But, you know, I kind of like you to stay. And we were torn because we really wanted to stay. Scott said, you know what, I don't know what this is, but we need to go right now. We need to go in September. We need to go. There's something about timing. And our first meeting, therefore, was in October. And if it hadn't been that we'd been there that weekend when there was a soaking school, we wouldn't have met. You three, stand up. 
Stand up. You too. Okay, so, and here's something God said to us at the beginning of 2009, um, the beginning of this year, was that scripture from Ephesians 5 where it says, walk circumspectly, which basically means walk deliberately, carefully, redeeming the time for the days of evil. To redeem the time means to, to grab a hold of it and make it do something for you. Years ago, God said to me, these days race like wild horses. Will you harness them? And I was talking about this with my friend, Laura Patel, and she said, you know, it's so funny you should say that because God had just convicted her about using the expression to kill time. I'm just killing time. I said, that's right, because we're meant to buy back the time. We're meant to redeem the time, and we're meant to not waste time. And so we stepped into this reality of timing where we had to go right now. And you can see the fruit immediately of going. And so we did our monthly meetings, October, November. And then in December, you know, we were talking with Cameron, just has given us great advice. He said, you know, I kind of feel like maybe you need to go to monthly meetings. I mean, weekly meetings in your house. And we did not want to do that. We were all about not meeting in our house, but we were just like, He's right, you know, and we kind of felt like the Holy Spirit was saying that. So we moved to weekly meetings in our house last uh, December. So when we weren't doing the monthly meetings in Knightsville, we'd have a meeting every Sunday evening in our house. It was the worst time ever for me. <laughs> you know, I'd get the house clean, try and keep the kids from messing up the house, nursing the baby. I'd make a big meal for everyone that was coming over. And it was, it was labor, labor, labor for the kingdom. It really was. And I didn't like it, but it was fruitful. And um, I remember the first time we did the weekly meeting. For some reason, you guys couldn't. I don't know what it was. Our normal people couldn't come. You guys weren't there. You weren't there. You weren't there either. You got lost on the way. And it was three people showed up. up and Scott and I were two of them. <laughs> it's like our first weekly meeting. We're taking a big step here. And one person shows up, you know. And you go, wow. You get tested. You're going to get tested. Don't give up. And you know, in that moment, oh, what a sweet moment. Something inside of me, I was like, you know what? There's four people here. The Holy Spirit's here. The person of the Holy Spirit was here. And that triggered in me this desperation. And I started to say, God, unless you come, we just can't do this. If you're there, I don't, you know, it was almost like, I want people to come, but as long as you're there, as long as you're there. And I started to just develop this hunger for the person of the Holy Spirit. I remember one day I was sitting in my living room and I was just praying. Scott had the kids out somewhere and I had this powerful experience. The presence of God became very strong. And I looked and I saw this like a mist shaped figure. It was like in the shape of a person, but it was a mist. It came in and sat down on the corner of our fireplace and he had in his hand a businessman's briefcase. And I looked at that thing and I knew in my spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit proceeds forth from the Father. That word in the Greek means he is dispatched. He has a mission from God. And I knew that in that briefcase were the agendas for the Father's business for our church. And I was like, yeah, I guess I maybe had some of my own agendas then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just began to say, okay, God, whatever you want, whatever you want. And of course, you know, part of 
running a church is, you know, like Cameron, every year, God, what's your agenda? What's your agenda for next month? We're doing that all the time. But it go, it just, desperation takes you to the next level in absolutely needing God, right? That in every situation you're going into, we got really good at being able to tell if the Holy Spirit was present because we were so desperate, you know, even yesterday or the other day we went over to amy's old house right here in kalamazoo and we walk in and the new guy that's bought the house is there with his friend and sarah and amy and i walk in i'm just kind of standing there and i look at one of the guys and i just i can discern the person of the holy spirit wants to do something with him you have a choice right so i start thinking okay let's see if there's an opportunity here i feel like the holy spirit wants to is interceding for him wants to pray for him so we start a conversation and within 60 seconds he says well you know i've had surgery i'm like aha (laughs) i'm like hey he looked really new age right you could just tell he had that vibe and i'm like hey you know what i really believe in healing can i lay hands on you omitting the name of jesus initially (laughs) and uh you know i he says all right so i lay hands on him i pray for him Add in a good in Jesus' name at the end. And it just opens up a whole conversation with him. We got to speak prophetically over him and encourage him and invite him to church here. And we encouraged him to come. And it's just living that life where you are so hungry for his presence. And, and that's all of us, right? We need to see him. You need to see him move in your family, in, in Kalamazoo. And we started saying, Holy Spirit, we want more of you. And he started saying back to us, well, then I want more of you. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> what do you want now, you know? And it's just allowing him to have as much room in your life as he needs, as much room as he wants. And it's so fruitful. You know, I don't think the Holy Spirit's ever let us down when he's nudged us to do something or he's he's told us that he has an agenda from the Father. It's always fruitful. It's always fruitful. You know, this weekend it was fun, wasn't it, to hear what the Holy Spirit wanted to do and what he wanted to heal and what should we do that right now? Should we just say come holy let's just say come Holy Spirit. We just, we believe you have an agenda this morning. We just, we invite you if there's anything you want to say, if there's anything you want to do. You know, last night as I was just praying about this morning, I had this sensation in my right eye, like a tugging sensation or something in the eyeball, some discomfort here through the right eye. Has anybody experienced that? See, when you, okay, Heath, why don't you come up? Actually, some people go lay hands on Heath and pray for him. So he's right there at the back. Someone who feels like you have a healing gift. So the Holy Spirit wants to heal Heath's eye. That's nice for Heath, isn't it? That's happy. That is called edifying the church. Because <laughs> now the people who feel like they have a healing gift get to pray for him. That's good, isn't it? Okay, so now I'm just sensing something in the back of my hip here. You know, like a, a tightness right in the hip, like in the hip. Anybody got a hip? Okay, somebody pray for Sarah and the people, other people who are raising their hands. Matt, pray for him. You know, so the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, who has known the mind of God except the Spirit of God? It says that the Holy Spirit searches out the deep things of God. That word in the Greek means investigates. And then the Bible says, and he will freely share them with us. And cultivating a friendship with the Holy Spirit is key just having a fruitful life, you know, and and it's all about time. 
It's all about redeeming the time. God said to me at the beginning of 2009, bearing in mind I'm just finishing my second book, God said, I have another book for you. And it's not the third book in the Upside Down Kingdom series, which I've already got to write this year. I said, God, I'm planting a church. I've got four kids. I've got friends. I don't have time to write a book. He said, redeem the time. Wow. You know? How many people could find an extra hour in their day? And this is not a heavy word. It was life-giving to me. It was empowering. I can do this. Because I'm telling you, when God told us to move, when I had an eight-week-old baby, everything in me said, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this. It's so difficult. And it, it really was like having a baby, right? There's that feeling where you say, I just can't do this. I feel so stretched. This is difficult. And at that moment, the midwife says, well, then push, push, push. And you're going, I can't push. You're going, push, you know. And there comes a time, even in the stretching, where you just have to keep pushing. If you want to see things birthed in your lives. Because nobody can birth the things of God in your life but you. Because he gives the seed. He gives the seed. And you are the one that has to birth it in your life. You're the one that has to do the pushing and the stretching and the bearing forth. And it's, it's, it's challenging. But it's amazing, just like having a baby. It's amazing. You go, wow, it was worth it. And then like three hours later, you say, it wasn't that bad, which is, I don't know what that is. That's called bizarro. But it's the same thing. I'm like, planning a church is great. I'm like, yeah, that was, that was hard. You know, the, and it, it's still challenging, but those initial pushes. But God brought people around us, like people who cheered us on. And you guys were, have been like a lifeline to us, really. And uh, why don't um, a couple of you ladies come up and why don't you all come up and introduce yourselves quickly? So these ladies, what's amazing is that you know we have a church in in uh, South Carolina now, Knightsville, and I think these women probably have more of a consciousness than they're a part of you, maybe than you do that. You know what I mean? You've sent them out. Like our church know that we've been born out of you guys, and. Uh, that's exciting to me. And I feel like this weekend we kind of built some bridges. Tina wanted to say something. This is Tina. Tina and um, her husband Blaine were some of the first people to say to us, we're in. They were on leadership in a, a big church in town. And, you know, God just had them leave behind the influence that they had there. And they, they came and they've just said to us, we'll do anything you want. They've been doing kids ministry. I mean, Tina's cleaning up my house after meetings. And they have just, they've just been amazing. So... And we had the courage to invite them and their four kids over for dinner. That was a step of faith. Our house isn't kid-proofed, and I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, don't let me know. Anyway, um, I'm Tina Vincent. Even though Stephanie still hasn't learned how to spell my last name, it's an inside joke. Vince gone, Vincent. Um, but I just wanted to say to the women at the retreat that um, you are a, a, a body of women who won't let your friend lay on the mat. I was at the retreat in so much pain. I didn't even want to leave the room yesterday. And they came. And they, well, Amy had him pray for me. And Stephanie came. And they insisted. And Kelly, they insisted. They carried my sleeping bags, my pillow. Stephanie said, there's always someone on the floor like childbirth and labor. And I was like, I don't want to be the woman on the mat. Okay, I just like to be on my own mat in the bed. Nobody looking at me. And I went in. And they surrounded me, and they lowered me through the roof. 
And, I mean, some of you who see me this morning are like, look at her. But praise God, I got eight hours of sleep. The pain is gone. And thank you. Because I am so much a sister to all of you, and you lowered me through the roof. Keep lowering your sisters through the roof. Don't let them stay in that place of pain. And thank you. And praise our Lord and Savior, Jesus. I'm Kelly, and um, I'm just really thankful to be here, and we just love you guys, and just thank you for sharing Stephanie with us. My name is Shannon McCray. Nice to meet you. Thank you for all your hospitality. (laughs) Sophia Mazel, and I just want to say thank you so much for helping to support us. Um, We really, truly needed that support and thank you for sharing stephanie and scott and i realized more this weekend what a blessing that we have with stephanie we love her and we love you guys thank you I was going to do the, hey, y'all. <laughs> um, okay, so, well, <laughs> um, you know, my husband and I were helping to plant a church. We were pastoring and helping to plant a church in Somerville, and uh, I didn't know this for about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. He kept seeing every time he opened his Facebook He kept seeing the Facebook ad for the New Day South Carolina every time, not just once a day or once every couple of days, but every time the page popped open, the ad came up. And, of course, he's a very curious person and thought it was really strange. And so after a few times, he clicked on the website and checked everything out and came to me and said, "Uh, I think we're supposed to go check out this church. And, you know, I'm a very analytical. I like to have plans. I like to have agendas. You know, the whole fly by the seat of my pants thing doesn't really work real well. And um, so I was like, well, why are we going to do that? We're pastoring the church, you know. And anyways, so it ended up that we were at New Day. And this is going to sound so weird, and I apologize for making it sound kind of crass. But I really thought I had done a really good job of breaking out of my religious box. I was really proud of myself because I come from a very strict Pentecostal background. And while I believe in speaking in tongues and prophesying and and all of those things, there are many other things that I hadn't quite seen or experienced or, uh, you know, just, you know, I was glad that I could wear pants to church. Uh, So, anyways, just keeping it real, folks, okay? And... uh, Anyways, yeah, you know, it, it, it was just very different for me. So our first couple of Sundays there, I, I would have probably left, except that my curiosity was just, this is so different, you know, um, very different. And the one thing that I guess I, I started seeing it before we came this weekend, but um, <laughs> this weekend when I was here and I actually saw the um, more mature version because we are a brand new church. You know what I'm saying? We're brand new, so there's not we don't have all the bells and the whistles. And, you know, we're just starting out. So, um, And while I experienced the freedom and the love and the connection there, I got here and I was watching the ladies interact. And y'all are some touchy-feely people. Okay? 
if Sarah Gerber kisses me one more time, I will take her out. She, I think she kisses me more than my husband kisses me, and that's all I'm going to say. But I got to see the, I got to see the interaction, and, and I got to see that even though you say to me that I can be real with you, you know, you say to me that you love everybody, and I see you, you know, oh, sister, I love you, you know, bless your heart, and da 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 da, da. I, Even though I see all those things, I actually felt it. You know, I witnessed in my spirit this weekend the realness of it. And so I think, I think the biggest thing that has touched me is that I really can be myself. You know, I don't have to be something on this stage, then go home and be my real self. You know, because you're not going to judge me. Or you're not going to give me brownie points if I act a certain way better than I do, you know, at home. And that's, while that's probably normal for you guys, (laughs) that is really huge for me. And um, my husband, I wanted a play-by-play before we left the retreat. He was like, okay, so give me the details. What's going on up there, you know? How's it going? And I'm like, I think I finally figured it out. And he's like, what? I said, they they ministered during their worship time. You know, that was different. I'd never seen people just come up and talk in a microphone in the middle of worship. I mean, what are you people doing, you know? <laughs> just hadn't seen it. People just come up and they see pictures and they start talking. And the pastor just hands them the microphone and they just do it. And, but it was just neat to see the whole thing interacting and and and, and just slowly realizing that God's just... You know, breaking more pieces of my box that that I thought was really big and a really nice box. It looked good. You know, I was proud of my box. But apparently he don't like the box. And so he's just like, ching, ching, you know, break, pop that board off, pop that board off. And I'm like, hey, I don't have the box. I don't have the box. <laughs> I need the box. So it's it's just been really um, interesting. So these are, this is a portion of our ladies that came. There are more of them. And... Uh, Isn't that amazing? And uh, I think that's been the biggest thing is people have just experienced freedom. I mean, you know, you want to break up some religious spirits. Some of Jones is in with the pastors, Scott and Stephanie Jones. That's been a big one. Like, so people will say to me, like, are you the pastor's wife? And it's never me. Someone will always go, oh, no, she's the pastor, too. And you can see people like, (laughs) and, uh, you know. We did that because we felt like God wanted to challenge something, not because the title means anything, because I just don't care. But we've gone down there and we're kind of pressing on some, you know, religious things, not through taking things head on, but just by being who we are, being completely ourselves and being who we've become being here. You guys have made us what we are. We've become you. Okay. I want to say, too, that. Sarah, we're going to take care of Amy because we love her. I know. I'm like, this is my new sister, and I love her. I'm going to kiss on her, and I'm going to bug her just like you do. So give a a clap to these guys. Oh, come on here. She's a lady. Here's all the ladies. So um, why don't you guys pray a blessing of increase over these church? Because, you know, they've, I mean, really... Cameron, you should have had a huge pay raise. That's all I'm saying. But they've they've continued to support us. It's been amazing. And so, like, let's pray back. Someone take the mic. Who's got the faith? Shannon. Pray back. 
Father God, we just come before you right now and we thank you and praise you for what you're doing in this building and for everything that they released, Father God, we just pray for a hundredfold in Jesus' name. And I just, I just seen this when we were praising the Lord. I just seen your um, walls expanding and a river of people coming in. So, Father God, we thank you for the new blood that's coming in to be infected with your love. And we thank you and praise you for the blessings. And, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for the faith that they walk in, the gift of faith. And we praise you that you're taking that faith to a new level. Amen. I feel like we've just built a bridge this weekend. You know, there's something between our churches, and we just, we love you. Are you happy? You've had a baby? It's like, oh, look at the baby. Hallelujah. Yep, we're all done. I love y'all. I love y'all.